0: And it just sort of happened to be that way. You know, I didn't set out to say I'm only going to do business with other women. It's just that a lot of women tend to be the smaller business owners or they're, they're the creatives who made a business out of it. You know, they're, they had to be home.
1: Hi, I'm Matt McKee and welcome to Cherry Bomb the Podcast, a series of conversations with people about food, art, and sustainability. Today I'm speaking here in the studio with Diana James, founder of Living Swell in Marblehead. I should let you know that we had a technical glitch in the last part of recording the episode. Luckily, Diana was also recording, and basically she saved us. So if you noticed a little change in the sound quality, it's because we switched over systems. Hi, I'm Matt McKee, and welcome to Cherry Bomb the Podcast, a series of conversations with people about food, art, and sustainability. Today I'm speaking in the studio with Diana James, founder of Living Swell in Marblehead. This episode is sponsored by Doctor's Orders, a part of my Sweet Blast series of photos. I created the series with a mission to start conversations in the room about the bigger topics of food, art, and sustainability. This podcast is the companion piece to that project where I get to share with you some of the discussions that Sweet Blast has inspired. You can browse and purchase images in the Sweet Blast collection at theartofmattmckee.com. Please share this episode to your Facebook, Twitter, and all your social media so your friends can listen and join in the conversation. Hi, Diana. Hi, Matt. Thanks for coming down. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I got looking at your website and your work in interior design obviously is amazing. Thank you. Uh, how long have you been doing design work for clients?
0: A long, long time. Like 20 years.
1: 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I think I just celebrated my 23rd year as a photographer. Yeah.
0: So yeah. It's weird. Been around the block a few times. A few. A few. Yeah. Seen it all. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe there's more to see.
1: Oh, there's always more to see. Um, but it always seems to be different iterations of the same thing kind of coming up and yeah. evolving.
0: This is true. And hopefully with more, mm, more knowledge or something behind it, right? You process yeah. it differently.
1: Yes, because of experience. Mm-hmm. How did you get started doing design?
0: I was in the restaurant business, actually. Ooh, okay, okay. So, Similar path? Yeah, like three lifetimes ago. And I really... Loved the, the visual whole you know attitude of restaurants and all of that. So that was my job, so to speak, as I was married to a chef. And so I did all the interiors. And I found it to be something that I was naturally good at. I've always been sort of artistic and all of that. And I used to build houses for my Barbie doll. So I was always really <laughs> into aesthetics, like environment and aesthetics and building. And then I was in like telecom and stuff. Like I had real jobs too. <laughs> and, uh, when are you going to get a real job? I know. When are you going to get a real job? And then I had two kids in between that. And then I had a friend who was doing some design work and she wanted to get partnered up. And so we did. Here's a word of advice. Never go into business with a friend. I have heard this before. Yeah. No, it's a nightmare. So that lasted like six months until we were (laughs) ready to kill each other. And so I basically just kind of bought her out of the business and parted ways. And then I just continued.
1: And you kept it going.
0: And I kept it going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah
1: was there a particular thing that you noticed about how you would make a change to someone's environment and notice a change in them as a result of it? Or what was the hook?
0: That's a good question. So even as a little kid, you know, I would look at a room or I would even look at somebody's outfit and I'd want to change it. <laughs> we call this drive-by makeovers. I'll be driving down the road and I'll see somebody, but cut her hair, change that, change that. So, it's a it's a sickness actually that I have. This is a cool space. <laughs> I really like The Hardy Boys lunchbox. I read all those books and Nancy Drew. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, this is really cool because it's very <laughs> you. It's so cool. Yeah, so I think that I have some kind of ailment that makes me change things and for some reason I think that I know better than, you know, whatever is going on. So that's a good thing And when you're in charge of stuff, but yeah. it's not such a good thing if you're not in charge of things.
1: So you find that that actually picks up outside of work life?
0: Well, I don't mean so probably, but um, <laughs> I don't really mean that as much as that. Now that people actually hire me to do these things, it's great because I can do it. But mm. before, you know, as a little kid, you're not being hired to do anything. You're just being bossy. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. So now I get paid to be bossy. <laughs> and that works very, very well.
1: What has been your favorite project? What type of project do you like to work on?
0: Well, I can't pinpoint it to one because there's been a lot, Okay. but I can categorize them in okay. a way. So my favorite projects are hmm. with the people that I like the most because it's such an intimate thing, you know, yeah. like you're really involved with people when you're working in their home. There's a lot of trust involved. There's a lot of compromise. It is a relationship that's formed
1: in order to change someone's interior of their home. Yeah. You have to know how they live in it.
0: Sure. And who they are and what their triggers are and what makes them happy and what makes them feel comfortable and what makes them anxious, what their dislikes are. It's kind of like being a psychiatrist and then Mm. editing their environment to bring out the best in them. Wow that's the best kind of project just like a friendship you know the best friendships are the ones where it's just such an easy effortless exchange of ideas and emotions and all of that you know that how you maintain your friendships and your relationships and the same thing is true for business relationships and Mm -hmm. particularly for design it's not you're hiring somebody to make copies for you Mm. you know it's it's very intimate
1: yeah it all comes back to trust
0: My favorite projects are when the client and I feed off of each other. They're like, oh, my God, I love that so much. And it makes me feel so good because I got it right.
1: Yeah. I feel that with some of the photography assignments I have where I go out and I'm photographing for a client. Yeah. And if the client is in the moment with us... They'll say, Oh, I love this. Have you thought about taking it one step further? And right. I go, I love that idea. Have you thought about taking it one step further? And right. then the sum becomes much greater than the parts at that right. point, And the work at the end is amazing. So much better. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's just like that connection of ideas. You know, I think that's what fuels us as artists. Mm-hmm. I also feel that it fuels just the continuation of ideas and how we come up with solutions too is is that sharing of ideas and enthusiasm
1: how has the industry evolved in terms of climate in terms of materials in terms of technology over the Mm. last 10 years
0: oh my god (laughs) a little bit a little bit (laughs) (laughs) Said with slight sarcasm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much that's happened in 10 years. I mean, if we break it down to just five years, there's been so much that has been in the foreground, I think, in people's minds, too. I think that more people are willing to take the risk with designing sustainability into design into architecture into interior design into food into a lot of things. I think that now we're just at a point with climate change that everyone is just scared and we're trying to scramble and figure out how we're we going to fix this. What mm. can we do? What can we do in the architectural and building environments? A lot of that groundwork has started with commercial building. You know, just from a scalability standpoint, a lot of the sustainability, a lot of the new technologies are coming through the commercial building and development side of things because they can throw money in R&D at different ways of heating a building of different kind of components for insulation for integration of technology and air cooling and you know just anything like that right so I think 10 years ago we were seeing a lot of that kind of movement in the commercial side of things commercial development side and now that's trickling to the residential development as well because those materials now are less expensive because they're out there
1: was that what you meant about risk?
0: Yes. Yeah, the risk, the financial risk, and also just people not really knowing they're willing to take that initial investment into something. So, you know, just using LED lighting as a small example, LED lighting used to be really expensive wiring, hmm. you know, and it, the bulbs were much more expensive than an incandescent bulb because there just wasn't as much out there.
1: Yeah, I remember first looking at that, and it was like 80 bucks a bulb when it first came yeah, out. It was,
0: it was just like TVs, flat screen TVs used to be super expensive, yeah. you know, now they're like throwaway. As technology becomes more mainstream, it becomes cheaper to produce and then cheaper to buy. So that's happening in residential building and design as well. I mean, we can build renovate homes that are like airtight windows that cool and keep the cold out. And it's amazing what we can do now. And then just taking it another step further in integrating the technology.
1: What are you seeing in the commercial world that is going to be coming into the residential world?
0: Well, kind of twofold. So what we're seeing now is everything is app-driven. You know, everything is app-driven.
1: Which I kind of get frustrated with very
0: Yeah, quickly. but it's also so cool because it's so accessible. I mean, it's right on your phone. Mm-hmm. So now security systems, it's an app on your phone. It used to be all hardwired. Mm, yes. You know, and that was the state-of-the-art. Yeah. It's an app. It's all Bluetooth. Everything is driven by Bluetooth now or Wi-Fi. And so we're seeing... All of that integration happening through apps on your phone or on your computer so that you can control the lights in your house. You can control the HVAC. You can see who's coming to your door. Mm. And that did start more in that commercial development side of things, development of apps. We can see it now in our homes.
1: The commercial buildings were the ones experimenting with the technology at first. Then it came to new construction. I'm right. sure that's where we're going to see the majority of more sustainability getting placed onto the right. market. My house is from the 1930s. My neighbor is 1870, I think. Mm-hmm. How is that technology going to be integrated is it going to be able to be integrated into these homes
0: it's harder yeah. and because we live in new england most of our buildings just in general are, are older we have yeah. older systems yeah. renovating is always harder to do than building new it's just it's always cheaper <laughs> and you know <laughs> and it's more of a constant you know what's going to happen for the most part when you're building from the ground up but you know you knock a wall down from an 1870s house you don't know what you're going to find I, you know
1: have some very distinct <laughs> memories of. Well, I thought this wall was square. As yeah. We were putting something up. No such thing. It was square on one side of the house. <laughs> on the other side of the house, it was way out of church. Yeah. That was my parents' place, uh, which was 1920s, and it was just there was nothing to code. No, w-
0: there was whatever. no code. Yeah. There was no code then. Yeah. It was a guy that came over and helped you build your house. Yeah. You know? Like exactly. there was no code. Exactly.
1: I think it was built by neighbors. Right. <laughs> what are you looking forward to? in the industry what's coming next
0: that's a great question i'm seeing a greater need and a more openness to downsizing to making people's homes more simplified and that and i know that sounds counterintuitive given that we've just come out of covid and everybody's been holed up and Mm -hmm. and everyone's spending a lot of money (laughs) redoing their houses which is great keep it going um (laughs) But there's also this mentality where everyone's taking stock, I think, in what's really important and what's not important. What can we do without? What do we need to concentrate on? And because of the sustainability issue and the climate change issues that have been very much in the forefront of news, I think our whole outlook on things, people are much more interested in doing something different. And so sometimes that means downsizing and going to a much more simple design whereby we don't have to have this huge kitchen with tons of tile and cabinetry and all that. You know, let's streamline that. Mm. Let's make the kitchen a gathering place, a cooking place, a place where somebody's going to be on the computer, a lot of built-in kind of things instead of a ton of furniture.
1: Yeah, the kitchen always ends up being the hub of the house. Yeah, it's
0: the hearth. Yeah. It's oh, where the fair. food is. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on the food, <laughs> the food and the drink. It's, so where you, it's how you get people around. What I would like to see is more of that mentality of letting the technology do its job, too. I love multifunction, so...
1: Mm. Alton Brown, on his show, he was always demoing some tool that somebody sent him, and he said, yeah. well, this is a single-use tool, so I hate it already.
0: Right. Yeah, so I feel like the design and, and moving forward in design, things should be multifunctional. Okay, It's a very European mindset because they tend to have smaller spaces and they're more open to technology and more open to kind of cool linear lines too. So I like to see that kind of mentality in our design projects. And we're starting to see it now because younger people are buying houses or they have homes that they're renovating. And I am seeing that. You know, and I think that the whole downsizing, there's something to that as well.
1: In terms of your personal philosophies, we touched on it a little bit when yeah. we are talking about your upbringing, but what drives you to get up every morning? I mean, what gets you interested in the next job?
0: Oh, that's a great question. It is, because that's like one of those soul-searching things. Like, what does make me get up every morning. What I think what drives me... I like changing something. I like looking at something and seeing the potential of what it could be. And then I like making that happen. I like looking at potential. I see potential in everything. Mm -hmm. And it's whether or not somebody gives me that opportunity to see it through, you know, to make it happen.
1: It feels like you found your purpose.
0: You know, what I do isn't just what I do. It's who I am.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And I don't separate the two. It's not like I get up... And I go to work in the morning and then I come home in the afternoon and I'm doing something different or I'm thinking differently. I'm not. It's all part of everything and it seeps its way into everything that I do (laughs) and am and I can't help it.
1: (laughs) I'm laughing because the running joke in our house is that I chose the freelance lifestyle because I could set my own hours. Yeah. Yeah. So I can work whatever hours I want. However, I work all of the hours. All those hours. It doesn't shut off at the end of
0: the day. No, it doesn't. I think that the happiest people are the people who really love what they do and that it's not just a job. Mm. I think that that would be a very unfulfilling way to live.
1: If you could go back and talk to yourself and whisper into your ear, what would you tell yourself?
0: I think that every challenge that you overcome, every mistake that you make, Hopefully, you learn from those things and you grow from them and you wouldn't have grown had you not made that mistake, right? Or didn't know that thing. Yeah, I probably would have gone to school for interior architecture or landscape. I should have listened to myself, my gut, to go to school for what it is I really like doing instead of going to school just to go to school (laughs) and get a degree. (laughs) I wish I could have turned that around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. I think it turned out okay.
1: What are you hoping your legacy is going to be?
0: You know, I would love to have Living Swell still be something. And I'm really proud of how that's developed. This store is five years old.
1: Okay. We haven't actually really talked about what Living Swell is. No. No. So this is a five-year-old company. Yes. You've obviously been designing much longer than Yes. That. But what is Living Swell?
0: So Living Swell is this store. It's a retail store in Marblehead. And it originally, when I opened it, it was basically just a place for me to park myself so that I could do projects. Okay. But it's a retail space. So I ended up sort of making it a showroom, too. And then it morphed. into, because that's what happens. everything evolves. Yeah, then it sort of morphed more into like a retail store, but also um, it gave me a place to start designing things on my own. So I started designing like a line of rugs. I was designing handbags. Really different things, yeah. but they're, they're fashionable too. You know, they're useful. You know, obviously they have an aesthetic sensibility to them. There's materials involved. There's tactile things involved. So, and I'm, you know, very well versed on handbags and, <laughs> and you know, well versed on rugs. So it wasn't that much of a stretch. So it gave me sort of this foundation so that I could kind of create this lifestyle brand. Sort of what I set out to do is to create a lifestyle brand. Okay. And that's what Living Swell has now become. It's become like this place where people come and they can hang out. A lot of people will hang out. Hopefully they buy stuff too. We create like these relationships with people who come in. It's a really cool place. You know, I call it like coastal cool, seaside luxe. It has a very cool vibe to it, but it's beautiful. So when you walk in, everybody's always like, oh, my God, this place is so beautiful. (laughs) So because I like a little glitz, I like a little texture, I like color, you know, so it's kind of this embodiment of all the things that I like to look at.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: If that makes any sense.
1: Well, look around my studio, yes. Yes. Right. Right. So this
0: is all the stuff you like to look at. So in my store, it's all the stuff that I like to look at and it makes me happy.
1: When you are sourcing for the store, are you consciously thinking about the environmental impact as you're shopping for things?
0: I'm sourcing mostly from small companies. Mm -hmm. Most of those companies are women owned. Mm. 80% of them are made in the United States. The ones that are not made in the United States, like I carry a a handbag line that's Mm -hmm. made in Bali, but the money goes back to the women who make the bags, and Uh that money. It helps pay for their education, it helps with clean water, it's a sustainable company. So the people that I do business with, who I source with, their business model is sustainability. And then also, you know, I really love the idea of supporting other women in business too. And it just sort of happened to be that way. You know, I didn't set out to say I'm only going to do business with other women. It's just that a lot of women tend to be the smaller business owners or they're the creatives who made a business out of it. They had to be home. They are getting an outlet and it's wonderful. It's kind of sustainability, but it's also women empowerment too.
1: (laughs) I was having a conversation with somebody earlier talking about sustainability on this show. When I first started doing it, it was about climate change and about that kind of thing, but then realized very quickly that sustainability isn't
0: It's deeper. Yeah,
1: it's much deeper and actually kind of goes to something I was thinking about when you were talking about your retail space being an extension of the personal brand that you would be building if you were building someone's home for them. Right. Nothing is a discrete thing on its own, it seems to me. It's It's all all related. Yeah. It's
0: all interrelated. Absolutely. And that brings up a good point with sustainability that it's not just about climate change because Sustainability is to sustain, then that's everything. If we can do our part as the wealthiest nation in the world, help other people around the world and also within our country to give them those opportunities to be creative, to make money, to educate themselves, and all the basics, it's horrible that most of the world doesn't have those things. So we do need to help that Absolutely. happen. It's going to help the whole world by doing my, that.
1: My oldest coined a phrase, or I don't know if he coined it, but I've mentioned it before on the show that it's enlightened self-interest whenever he makes a decision to go help a friend or help uh, somebody else on one of their projects. Mm. The old adage was the rising tide will raise all boats Right. and, and we can't let some sink. Right. At the end of the day, you get home, you're still thinking design, still thinking about sustainability, still thinking about uh, the people in Bali that you're helping, how you, you can help somebody else. What's your go-to for a meal?
0: It depends on the season. Because mm. I'm super okay. seasonal. Okay. So I grow like my own vegetables, mm. and this year I happen to have a bumper crop of tomatoes. <laughs> and I'm giving tomatoes away to everybody I know because there's so many. Okay. Uh, cucumbers and tomatoes, that's the crop this year. Okay. This season, my go-to is slicing up some of these fantastic tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Drizzle a little Evo. Evo? Um, extra virgin olive oil. Oh, okay, okay. Course, salt, cracked mm. pepper, balsamic glaze, maybe avocado, mm-hmm. and then a glass of rosé. Although I'm trying not to have rosé during the week. I'll save that for Fridays. It's Friday somewhere. It's Friday somewhere. Today is Friday. Yes. I can have that today. Okay. So that's my go-to this season.
1: Thanks for joining me on this episode of Cherry Bomb the Podcast, the companion piece to my Sweet Blast series of photographs, which can be browsed at theartofmattmckee.com. Today's guest is Diana James. You can find her at livingswellmarblehead.com. Be sure to check out the show notes at theartofmattmckee.com for all the links, and subscribe to my newsletter for updates and more. You can reach me for questions or comments on Twitter, at McKeePhoto, on Instagram, at McKee underscore photo, or drop me an email, matt at McKeePhotography.com. This episode of Cherry Bomb the Podcast could not have been done without the help of Suzanne Schultz and Canvas Fine Arts a specialist in coaching for creatives, and editing by the always incomparable Phil Shamlion at Orb Sound. Thanks for listening, and let's start the conversation. Just a really quick note before your auto-feed refreshes to the next episode in your queue. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe you picked up a new tip or a concept, there are a couple ways you can help us keep creating it. Click on the link at the bottom of the show notes for buymeacoffee.com slash McKee coffee is life around here also in the show notes is a link to theartofmattmckee.com where you can browse art from my sweet blast promethean dreams and tools series of portfolios as well as others get some art for that special someone in your life and if that special someone is you don't feel guilty it should go without saying you deserve nice things too and last but certainly not least share this episode with your friends on social media let them know you enjoyed it
0: And then you can start your own conversation.